You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Cranky? What's going on, Grump? It is Eagles week. This is the week we hate the city that's 90 miles to the south of us, and we hate them even more because they're 11-1 and and we are not. So, I, we, we, could, we could hate them if they were 1-11. That's it, true. And, and to be honest with you, like... This would still be my most anticipated. I just want to bury this team. Always, always want to bury this team. I think I was on. Um, did this? Ha- I think this happened on. Uh, I was on Entertainer's live stream, and somehow we got to the conversation of like if you could eliminate like one thing. I was like, I might buy the Eagles and just fold the franchise <laughs> if I had all the money in the world. That's how I feel about Florida State. I would just. Buy I get the you see. I get, and just shut it down. Yeah. Exactly. Or 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 move it to Alaska or something. <laughs> Do the opposite of major league. Bring it to like the worst possible place. Um, so this is Eagles Hate Week. I have my uh, my always sunny T-shirt on of Dennis. It says Untethered Rage, uh, and that's pretty much how I'm going to feel from probably from the moment I wake up Sunday to the probably the moment I wake up Monday, right? It's going to be a rough day Sunday. Uh, we it's going to suck, actually. Well, we have a family uh, drink fest on Saturday, which should be fun. So we're going to be probably not feeling so fantastic Sunday morning. It's going to be crappy weather, potential for rain. I think it's um, going to rain the whole day, man. Oh, the last thing I saw was a showers developing later in the day. So we may be oh, able to... Oh, God. If that happens, I'm I'm okay with it. I was re- I thought this was going to be a washout. Uh, that's the last thing I saw. I mean, if we listen to Talking Giants, we'll get the official weather forecast. From, that's true. From I, Danny, I do so. trust Danny King is a good weatherman. That's right. Yeah. So, but what I saw today, and you know, this Eagle game is just the uh, part one of the doubleheader. Myself and Snacks are going to Giants Eagles at one, and then Knicks Kings at six. So that ought to be a treat to see how we, we are both reacting to the Giant game at the Garden. So woe is the people sitting around us. <laughs> um, I think – so this is a big thing here. I just checked the weather again, um, and the, the weather.com app sucks. It's just my uh, personal just 37 pop-ups and ads. I mean it, it's, it's really horrible. I just want the weather. Why do I got to pay? Um, whatever. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's kind of unclear when the rain's going to start. I, I saw there might develop into snow at some point. That will heavily impact this game. I think that if it does snow at all, I think it's going to be like a wintry mix and it'll be later in the night. But if it does rain during the game, I mean, do you think that plays into the Giants' favor at all? Or do you think that plays more into Eagles? I I mean, I think taking more options off the board for the Giants, like throwing the ball, making it harder to throw a ball, is always going to make it worse for us. See, I always look at rain the opposite way because to me, it's the receivers know where their routes are, the corners don't. So... You know, they're making a cut and a corner might slip. So to me, you know, and again, it's not like we're throwing 50-yard passes every play anyway. So it might be a little bit to our advantage. 
That's, that's a good point. Um, I would say that the the bigger issue is that the 50-yard bombs we do throw are, like, critical to the game. You look mm-hmm. back at that Commanders game, and that first touchdown drive started with a long shot. It wasn't 50 yards, but a deep shot to Darius Slayton kick-started that drive. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, the game winner that could have been was just a you know a fly route essentially or i mean other people right. have noted that it wasn't even a real route it was a clear out route that dj saw that they were uh you know not really covering slayton at all so mm-hmm. you know I, I would say that the deep shots that the giants do take are critical whereas if the if the eagles take a lot more deep shots if they miss on some of them it's, it's no great shakes right mm-hmm. um as far as the running game goes uh, Saquon Barkley popped up on the injury report today with a neck injury. Now, my first thing here is I've never seen so many neck injuries in one year. I, this is weird, right? I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it on the show before, but I, I keep saying it at the stadium. Leonard Williams left the last game with a neck injury halfway through. There's, everybody's got a neck injury. What the hell is that? It seems like everything with the Giants are just random coincidences that keep building up. And I don't think it's anything more than just a bunch of random coincidences that I keep adding up. I, I don't want to get into – there's no conspiracy. There's no, you know, blame the, the the trainers, blame the turf, blame this. I just think, you know, over the last several years, the Giants have been unlucky with injuries. They've been more than average, the worst time to the worst players, and it just keeps continuing. I think it's just a product of bad luck. Yeah, Um I, I I mean I'm certainly not going to say that it's the trainer's fault. Neck injury is like of course not. No. What are you going to do? Train your neck? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just it it blows my mind because you have Josh Azudu didn't practice. Leonard Williams still didn't practice. He's got a neck too. Barkley showed up limited this week. Um, let's stick with Barkley. Uh, do you think that he's already had the sore shoulder? Just because it's not listed on the injury report doesn't mean anything, right? It just means it's not holding him back in practice in any capacity. But it's right. still got to hurt him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've had a theory that that's sort of slowed down a little bit of his, uh, I guess, stats the last couple weeks. I have it on my notes right here. I have, uh, you know, him finally appearing on an injury report is just something that's been brewing for a while and that's been slowing him down. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, well, I mean, do you think it has a major impact on the game? Do you, I mean, you think he plays, right? I think he's going to play. I mean, I'm concerned that he's going to be able to play a full game, obviously. You know, if it's something where one bad hit can, you know, irritate him and knock him out of the game, that changes a lot, obviously. So I'm kind of like on eggshells every time he's going to carry the ball. Yeah, I mean... I guess, I guess I am too, but at the same, but that's also going back to uh, every single year that he's played here. <laughs> he's yeah. gotten hurt in some capacity. So. Well, I mean, that's kind of the decisions that have to be made. On, you know, after this year for a contract, it's like, you know, are we waiting for the next play where he's hurt, where he's going to be out for two games or half a season or something? It's, you know, it's a long time, and it's it, you know that he's been, you know. Some things are his, you know, none of it's his fault, but some things are more unlucky than others, these injuries. I guess we don't know what caused this latest thing with the neck, but uh, his durability is my biggest concern with him. 
Um, there's something else I want to talk about him and his role in the offense. But since we're since we're right here in this conversation on him and we're talking durability and his impact, it's been a bit since we talked about this. A couple weeks, <laughs> I think that the the Giants midseason slide might factor into this. So I know we talked about this at one point. If you had to put a priority on re-signing Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, has your opinion changed at all? Does Saquon Barkley stay ahead of Daniel Jones for you? or uh, Daniel Jones is ahead of Saquon Barkley for me. Is that is that a change? I don't remember what you said no, last time. No, I've always okay. said I, I think Daniel Jones. I think, you know, even if it's for a smaller bridge contract for Daniel Jones, just the continuality of having him. I think is more important. I think he's proven this year that with the limited weapons he has on the outside, limited weapons at tight end, the running game is kind of going south, an offensive line that keeps shuffling who's available, not available. He's been kind of a constant. And we've said it on the show that uh, we don't no longer feel like every week he's trying to prove himself or is, is he the starting quarterback? It's like, he's our starting quarterback. And, um, you know, we don't know what the market's going to be for, how much it's going to cost him, but I, I think within reason, I think he's he's absolutely the priority. And I think with uh, Barkley, you know, not being as effective the second half of the year and part of it might be injury-related, it just seems like it's kind of the same old, same old, and, you know, money that could probably better be served fortifying more important parts on this team right now. Interesting. I'm not, um... a, I'm not a big guy of face of the franchise and that type of stuff. I know, yeah. you know owners feel that way. Fans, a lot of fans feel that way. You know, we call them the face of the franchise, but I don't know. They come I, and go a lot. I also don't feel like he honestly is. I mean, why is that? I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just cause he hasn't played that much over the five years he's been here. That's a good point. Uh, you know, you have to kind of be that guy to be the guy. And he might be the biggest star on this team, I guess. But, I mean, does it feel like when you walk around the streets of New York that, like, this is Saquon Barkleyville? I, I don't. I, you know, it's... But even so, even if it was, teams move on if they don't feel it's in their best strategic financial interest to. So I, you know, I, I, I think he's a good guy. I think it was, you know, who cares what... That he was drafted second. It's been it's been five years since then, but I think again with a roster that you, you could see because of the lack of depth, there's so many things that need to be improved on this team. I think you can get you can make do with a running back that maybe is not quite Saquon Barkley, but is a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah, I mean Joe Shane comes from Buffalo, where they were kind of drafting someone in the second round every year, and so you know second round you're still getting major talent but it's not as major as investment not even close to the same mm -hmm. level of investment um, well, let me put it this way grump thinking about what they want to do on offense with someone with barkley's skill set and level of skill set is it that important to have him specifically or can you kind of plug and play different running backs that maybe not as elite as he is but with the potential for eliteness that he has so this is actually interesting. It actually bridges directly into the next thing I wanted to talk about with Barkley. It was uh, Mike Kafka was asked, I think, by Jordan Renan about uh, Barkley getting more involved in the passing game, and if they if they you know try to do that or, or you know 
why there hasn't been as much as that as maybe we had expected or something like that. And Mike Kafka gave a response that was very much the same response that we hear from Wink Martindale about this, that, and the other thing, from Brian Dabo about this, that, and the other thing. And it's just, it's the same thing, right? It's, you know, we look at this on a game-by-game basis and, you know, we come up with a game plan based on our opponent and how we are that week, blah, 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 blah. All that really says to me is that this year is a wash for us. We're doing what we can with our roster. That's, that's kind of how it reads to me. It's like we, we look at our opponent, we know our roster isn't what we actually want it to be all over the place, and we just kind of make do with what we've got. I don't think they're really running the offense that they want to run. I don't, I mean, some of this is kind of like duh, right? But I mean, it's duh, but it has to be It's worth being refreshed because they're seven, four, and one. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not some like, they're not Houston, where this is a very obvious, you don't need to be reminded thing. I, I mean, like, and we've we've even talked a little bit about maybe the coaches protecting their playoff spot rather than being the, you know, the gunslingers they were in week one, where it was just kind of like, fuck it, whatever, we'll just, who cares, mm-hmm. this year's a wash. And, you know, now that they have this lead, maybe they're pulling their punches a little bit more, they're being more conservative, not being as risky. Um, so I think it, it bears repeating, and I, I it was kind of like a a light bulb to me when I watched that today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like they, they give the same answer every time. And, and I know that that's sort of coach speak and, you know, maybe I'm reading a little too much into that, but it just, it, it says to me, no matter what specific football question you ask, it, it always seems to come back to a, you know, we do this on a game by game basis. It's like tells me that they don't dictate. They don't go out there and just like, this is our team. Like, you know, you look at the early 2000s Tampa Bay well, defense, right? And they yeah. just they played Tampa too, and that's it, man. You beat us. You well, know what I mean? Like, like Tennessee with with Derrick Henry, it's like this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna pound the ball. You stop us, right? Um, well, let me ask and, you and, and those are just random examples, but it, just saying, like they're being malleable to kind of adjust whatever tells me that they don't have an identity that they want to impose on other. Oh, people. of course. Sorry, not. what were you saying? Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you because it's obvious with this roster. But let me ask you something. Let's get past the coach speak. You are more of a film study guy than I am. You're more of an X's and O's guy than I am. Do you think they actually are doing that on a game-by-game basis? Or are they just giving coach speak just to kind of get past the question? Do you notice so much of a, a variance in what they're trying to do offensively and defensively that's like they are – really trying to match up with the opponent at all or you think they're just saying that even though maybe they can't i think it's a mix of both and it is difficult to tell right because it's the first year they brought in a bunch of their guys right i mean they drafted a whole bunch of guys they brought in a whole bunch of free agents that were on the cheap a lot Mm -hmm. of them came from buffalo or wherever right um and you know when you do like for instance, we for a long time we were like, when is Wandell Robinson going to come around? When is he going to come around? When is he going to be here? And like part of it was he was hurt, but even when he wasn't, he was just kind of like a he didn't get that many targets per oh, game. Oh, there's a Wandell sighting, we'd say. Right, exactly. And then all of a sudden there was a game, the game he got hurt, but I mean he was the offense in that game. He was the focal point, and I don't know if that was a game planning thing or if that was they felt comfortable that he was ready. This this rookie that came from Kentucky was ready for the spotlight or, or, you know, whatever. I don't know if it was a game planning thing or just, you know, a growing thing. Uh, And it's difficult to tell in that scenario. I think a lot of specifically to the Barkley thing, I think 
I think maybe part of it is they're Okay, so Barkley's a little bit easier, right? In the passing game, why isn't he? I think it's because he has to stay into pass protect a lot more. And, like, he can't just go out there and run routes. Like, he has to be in there to check for blitzes, maybe give a chip, and then he can go out there and leak out. But he can't really, on a down-by-down basis, be a straight-up... And that's interesting. Do you think he's been better at that? Because we've said in the past, you know, he's not really a willing blocker, doesn't do a great job at it. 100%. He's been fantastic at it this year. In fact, if there's one thing he's been consistent at throughout this whole year, it wouldn't be his yards per game or his, you know, seeing the hole and hitting it or his dancing in the open field. I think all that's kind of been here and there depending on the game. But Mm -hmm. the pass protection's kind of been there every game this year. And I would credit the coaching staff with that probably sure i mean yeah. i mean i know i know he's probably worked on it really really hard uh it's certainly been probably the other than his durability it's probably been the biggest complaint about him right i would say so yes um yeah i mean so i'm a, sure he's worked really hard but thing. it's not a sexy thing but it's necessary for this especially this team that's still dealing with an offensive line it's not fully staffed yet yeah, and and it's it's a shame too because early in the year they were kind of gelling a little bit, and then mm-hmm. the dominoes start to fall, man. And this is what we talk about, right? When when it's great that you can feel excited about your starting roster at the beginning of the year, but you know it's not going to be that way the whole year. And if you mm-hmm. don't have depth, and it's impossible to just rebuild and get starters and depth all at once, especially um, and then and then you compound that with the fact that we didn't have the money to replace guys when guys went down. It was like. We were really just holding our breath that we could survive this year without having, you know, all the injuries and things. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if maybe we'll get a reprieve on the offensive line this week. Uh, ben Bredesen keeps kind of floating around in the background there as a name that's eligible to be activated. He still has a large window. It mm-hmm. may be against Washington that he gets activated next uh, Sunday, Sunday night game. Let's play a big um, picture. Would you rather hold him out for next week when it's a more important game than brush him back this week if he's not 100%? No, I'd rather – I mean 100% in terms of health or 100% in terms of rust? Uh, well, maybe just closer to 100% in terms of health. You know, in a vacuum, that question, uh, I would rather hold him until he's feeling better. Um in the context of this game against this defense, this is protecting the quarterback here. I mean, like, yep. forget, forget winning the game. It's making sure that Daniel Jones still has a head on his shoulders <laughs> next week. No, I mean, yeah, serious, fast, though. I the mean, fastest way for us not to make the playoffs is forget about the other games ahead. Daniel Jones has to be the quarterback of this team. I, right? I mean, Terod Taylor, maybe he'll win the game necessary to get us to the playoffs, but there's a no shot that we're winning a playoff game without Daniel Jones. So this... I, I would not feel confident going in that he could win us both the Indy game and the Washington game. No way. I mean, I'm not even no. confident about that right now. Right. Right. So... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the most ideal situation we could possibly have, but yeah. So, I mean, for me, I would see which offensive lineman, I mean, considering he's assuming he's healthy enough to play, um, I would get the best offensive lineman out there. Mm-hmm. If he if he looks like too rusty, like he might actually be a detriment, then forget that. I mean, I'm really just worried about protecting my guys here. And I think um, they have a good handle on that in practice too. They, they could see. I would agree, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, we might be getting too excited. I know Ben Bredesen was looking good before he got hurt. But, I mean, I'm not ready to just swallow that as truth. Like, he's he's made some big jump. It, right. it, it might just be, like, a good couple games. Might have been some bad opponents. You know, I, I don't know. Right. Um, but, nevertheless, any bodies that we get that were starters on this team coming back is a good big deal and we saw that last week with the Zizo Jolari this is his first game back in a long time he played like half a game and before that was last year mm-hmm. um and Aziz was on fire it was making immediate week. impact yeah I mean the, the fumble mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not even it wasn't even just like oh pressures like I mean he had stats sack mm-hmm. fumble I mean that's that's huge um otherwise injury wise I think we're roughly where we've been most of the year. Guys kind of banged up. Josh Azudu doesn't look like he's going to play. I'd be I'd be really stunned if Adoree Jackson played. Um, Xavier McKinney, there was some discussion uh, because he's eligible to be activated. Uh, you know, there's rumors flying around about how serious that injury is. I know he had pins inserted or whatever. They've been removed. But, I, I mean, some people were saying that his, his hand was all mangled and shit. And Ugh. I think if he comes back this season which i'm not definite on he'll be wearing like a club so he he's won't not gonna be xavier be... mckinney as we know it no mm-hmm. so i mean I, I i don't know that that injury really sucks but the adori one i think is worse mm-hmm. um so injury wise i think we're pretty much right where we were we're hoping for some good news on ben bredesen um the eagles are actually pretty this this is what sucks this is what sucks. I know the Eagles are 11 and 1, and nothing makes me want to beat them more than them being 11 and 1. I mean, I I'm a little jealous that Washington got to get the knockoff on them. <laughs> um and I don't So we were we were kind of briefly discussing this. I don't want to say that they're not that good, but when I look at this team I, in a normal year, I don't think that this is a one-loss team. They're very good. They're clearly the class of the NFL this year. It's just weird because you know you go through, you go around the league, and there's just so many teams with like five, six wins. I don't remember really ever seeing so many teams with like the same amount of and, win totals. And even the teams we thought were going to be elite this year, you know the the Buffalo, the, 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 the Rams, City, the yeah the Rams, uh, Cincinnati. They they all have warts. And forget the record, just the eye test. You know they're not like Buffalo is. Did not take that, you know, next level jump everybody thought. Like people were just writing Super Bowl tickets for him. <laughs> not really. Uh, you know, even a team like Green Bay, where people were still hanging on to the well, watch out for Green Bay. They've been terrible. So there, this is not a year where we have a, you know, uh, an all-timer team or an elite team or someone we're going to remember. Oh, like, you know, the... I mean, on paper, you, you'd think it would be the Eagles, but just having watched them, I just I don't see it that way. They, they may be the best team in the league, but they're not an all-timer. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, and, and I'm going to kind of still stick to right now what I said on Monday's show, where if I had to play in a playoff game, I'm still a little more afraid of Dallas and Philly at this moment. Well, I thought you were kind of stupid and then when I did my like prep work for this, and I I really had oh, to I'm like still stupid. That's not a <laughs> that didn't change. I um I think I agree with you. Um, I think that Dallas's defense is playing better. 
I think that Philly is hurt in a lot of bad areas. You know, like so they're they're pretty banged up. So let's let's take a look at their defense really quick. Jordan Davis, the injury, you know, that was we, we talked about that. It wasn't even Eagles week. Um that was a major reason why Washington beat them. Was just being able to run right up the middle. Now they kind of accounted for that. They went kind of balls to the wall in free agency and they grabbed Indomitian Sue. They grabbed Linval mm-hmm. Joseph. They already have Fletcher Cox there too. He's getting a little bit up there in age, but he's still a dominant force in the middle. Their edge isn't scary. You know, they, they Derek Barnett went on IR. They went out and they got Robert Quinn. He's on IR now. Mm-hmm. So now they're sitting there with Hassan Reddick, who is, you know, are you shaking your boots, Hassan Reddick? Brandon Graham, I mean, Brandon Graham, he's got to be just a couple years away from retirement at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they have Sweat, which is a, re- a legitimate edge presence right there, Sweat. But, like, that's kind of, you know, for an 11-1 team, you'd think I'd be rattling off three or four names of guys like, oh, Jesus, how are we going to block them? Um, Especially when the season started, we were like, this defense really scares us. Yeah. I, you look, I, I think TJ Edwards is probably one of the most uh, underrated guys in the league at middle linebacker. He's been fantastic more than just this year. I'd say last year as well. You know, uh, Nicobe Dean, has, he's playing kind of a different role than he played at Georgia, so he's not like this big stat machine guy at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can talk about the secondary. Obviously, uh, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, those are guys that are worth mentioning. There's not shit behind them in terms of depth at corner or at safety, for that mm-hmm. matter. Jauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, is injured. You know, I want to do a quick plug. Um, just before we recorded this, I was on the Philly Mongos podcast with uh, big uh, props to Rob for, for hosting that. We had, a, we had a lot of fun. But one of the takeaways I got from that, what I thought was really interesting, was that the Eagle fan is not happy with the defensive coordinator. They complain all the time. I'm like, you're 11-1. and one. They're like, yeah, but they should have more pressure on the quarterback. And the, the, the Philly fan just not happy overall. I'm like, well, maybe that's because you're Philly fans and you're always complaining. But it's just interesting how, you know, based on what you were just talking about and just like that feeling, it's just like they feel like they're underachieving. And maybe that's just their expectations are better or, you know, they just think they're 11-1 record. They should be looking the part of 11-1. I don't know. Just thought it was weird. I, I, I think it's because their offense scores points and their defense just kind of is their defense. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're like a point scoring machine, but the defense is just a defense. Um, and you, you think about it too. It's way easier on a defense when your, your offense is always scoring points. I mm-hmm. say this shit all the time because the giants haven't been able to score 30 points in forever. And I keep saying like complain about the defense We and we can, and it's legitimate, but nothing makes a defense's life easier than already having points Playing from the ahead. Yeah, exactly. It certainly makes life easier. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I I would agree. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would blame the coordinator. I don't know. You know, it's not like I watched every single Eagles game and broke down everything. So, you know, maybe there's plays left on the field, something like that. But I look at their depth chart and I see some quality starters across the board. And I don't see a whole lot that else like scares me behind that. Like, if James Bradbury gets hurt, I, I'm not really afraid of the next man up who is well, hanging we, we have to remember something, too, that this team 24 months ago was garbage. This team was – yeah. remember, they were tanking in the last game of the year to prevent us from being in the playoffs. So it's not like you can completely flip your roster in two years and have this power powerhouse 46-man roster where everybody's great. I mean, they are kind of out kicking their coverage as well in the, in the two years. 
So, yeah, I mean, something like that. I would agree with that. Um, you know, if, if James Bradbury or Darius Slay goes down, we're looking at Zach McPherson, Josiah Scott. I mean, like, what? I'm not afraid of that. Or Josh Joby. I'm not really that worried about that. You know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson went down. You have Reed Blank and Shipment back there at free safety. He was somebody I had, you know, obviously he stepped up. He made some plays already, whatever. But I have him pegged as like a sixth, seventh round draft pick. And, uh, you know, I stand by my work. So, um I don't know, man. It This is like what I'm saying here is it's a shame that the Giants are what they are right now in this moment because I think if they got to hit Philly earlier in the year before the injuries mounted, this could have been a really exciting game for some marbles. You know what I mean? And now instead, we're, we're talking about the, just like you mentioned before, you know, do you, do you hold Ben Bredesen for the more important game against Washington? That sucks. I hate sure. hearing that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, if we played Philly around that stretch when we were playing Tennessee, Baltimore, like teams that are legitimate playoff teams, it would have been fun test to see what this team actually was. I would agree. Um, so let me get your take here. When you look at their defense and our offense, is there anything that you see worried about, you know, talking about the rain possibly being a factor, being at home, we get some free towels. <laughs> anything <laughs> anything my collection of towels after losses that'd be great <laughs> so true man yeah um i don't know is there anything because to me all i really say is i know i know the jordan davis got hurt but i to me they've they've plugged that hole with a a couple of guys there and we're not so good up the middle anyway I'd rather just hit the edges. I think they're hurt there. I don't think they're as good at the edges. Their best edge guys are speed guys, and they tend to just run gaps open. If that makes sense, like if you if you have sweat on the out on the on the right side trying to run around Evan Neal, and you just wash him, there's going to be that huge B gap between guard and tackle to just run through. Um, and they I think, do that. <laughs> so. I think, in spite of the lack of production the last few weeks in the running game, I don't think you abandon it. I think you still have to try to establish a run with Barkley, and you know that you know, bouncing more to the outside as opposed to a batting ram up front. I mean, we try that. We have to more RPO out of Daniel Jones. Have him run a little more than he has been. Um, when it, we talked about the rain, I'm not sure if we said this earlier in the episode or before the show started. My take on the rain always is it's an advantage to the, the passing team, not the defending team, because receivers know when they're going to cut. Corners don't. And that slight little bit of advantage, you know, could help a, a receiver out. So, I mean, I wouldn't all of a sudden go Eric Cornell and start throwing 40, 50-yard bombs all the time, but keep that controlled, you know, passing game going. You know, just Double short moves. little stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, and, and and like you said, zone read, RPO, get Danny moving. I agree there. Hit those mm-hmm. edges. We gotta, you know, we keep running the same like drag action where mm-hmm. we have like a tight end on the right side, kind of just run a drag route across the left. Danny does the, you know, the fake motion, the the fake handoff to the right, rolls out and to the rolls left the and, other way. Yeah, yeah. you got you got you know two levels of guys going that way, and you kind of whatever. They've they've run some cool stuff off of it you know the Barkley touchdown against Washington Bobby pointed out how interesting it was they ran that but they handed it off to Barkley so the linebackers all cleared out following oh, the tight end to the left and they let yeah, yeah it was it was fantastic uh, you know 
but at the same time, there's got to be a little bit more variety to our offense. It seems like the in the first three plays of every drive, we run something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side of the ball, this is where I'm legitimately worried. Um, their offense is going to be hard for the Giants to handle. Now, Quez Watkins has an AC joint injury in his shoulder. Uh, he was limited. I think they might not want to play him, kind of keep him rested. Uh, I don't even want to say to look past us, but just in general, this game is not overly important for the Eagles at this point in the year. It, um, it's, it's about the same level of importance to them as it is for us, to be very honest. With the caveat that they're pretty much a shoe in at the play, I think mathematically they're in, right? Right. So uh, I, I, I don't know if it's I, I think tech- mathematical. I think they clinch if they win this weekend. But, I mean, if not, they are so close. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the one stat that I kind of saw I thought was interesting is that Jalen Hurts has the third lowest completion percentage of any starting quarterback when he's under pressure. So bam, right there. That's my, my one. Th- so I, I am worried about this team and, and Jalen hurts can move around. He can mm-hmm. throw from, he's comfortable throwing on the run on the move. He thrives on it. Um, and he's dynamic, but to me, controlling hurts controls most of this game. Um, I think, he does his most bonehead stuff when he is panicking. He, what we have witnessed grow out of Daniel Jones, and we've commend, probably over commended him for, but like knowing when to just give up on a play and throw it away, don't force anything, don't hold on to the ball, don't try and outrun stuff you can't outrun. Just kind of just give up on the play. It's all right. Um, he hasn't gotten rid of that yet, and that's where he starts throwing weird picks, and I don't know mm-hmm. what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wink Martindale is the perfect guy to throw pressure, right? It's exactly what we said last week. Yeah, but I think I think it's a little different. Like what we said last week was about a much more inferior quarterback that I think would just be spinning. Uh, yeah, but, but, I, but I mean, though, but, but he still has the kind of that profile for a guy who doesn't do well under pressure. So that's kind of where that's where I'm making that correlation. Yeah, 100% right. The other thing, the thing is though, I want him to not know where the pressure's coming from. And I also want to make sure there's no like escape alley for him. Because, you know, Chris Collinsworth, I forget which game it was that he was broadcast. It was the Eagles game I was watching, but they were just kind of like, yeah. I don't think so though. But he was just like, um, I don't understand what they're just letting Jalen Hurts run. This is like that's like the one thing you can't do. Like you throw, it's a 50-50 shot. The receiver might slip, fall, you might drop it, you might get an mm-hmm. interception, whatever. But you leave him open to run, and he'll just run through it every day. I don't understand why they're letting him run. They can't blitz in a fashion that's going to allow gigantic open running lanes for Jalen Hurts because it's gonna it's gonna be right. worse than if they just sat back and played coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, if they bring the pressure, and they will. They have to disguise it. They also have to try and contain him. I mean, right. they have to get pre- – the edges have to show up in this game. I know it's not a huge part of Wink's uh, game plan to get pressure from the edges or necessarily the front four, but they have to keep contain. And we've had trouble with that. This is where it's good that Aziz is back because Aziz is good at keeping contained. Kayvon's good at keeping contained. I would say even Jahad Ward is good at it. O'Shane Ziminis is not. Um you know, some of the the other problem is our our corner number two is not really as good as uh, Adore Jackson is at keeping contain as well. So all of those things kind of factor into it, and I'm 
I feel okay because we contained Lamar Jackson earlier this year. Mm -hmm. That doesn't worry me as much as A.J. Brown just being able to catch everything that goes his way. Yeah. Uh, Last week against the Titans, they couldn't do anything to get him to not catch the ball. Anything at all. There was one, one of the touchdown catches he had was unbelievable. It was just like all over coverage and he made it look easy. It just... Just right, mm. right here. Just caught it right on his shoulder, toe <laughs> tap, and he had a guy literally all over him, hand in between uh-huh. his hands, breaking it up. No, no problem. Touchdown. I think he had something like eleven catches in that game. It was insane. Mm. Um, my other big point, and this is a Giants point. This is even an Eagles point. They have to learn to tackle. I don't know what happened in the last couple weeks, man. But last week, Washington would have had zero touchdowns. If yep. they could wrap up and tackle. Both yep. touchdowns were on poor, awful tackles where the play was dead to rights and you know, guys just shrugging off. Uh and, and shrugging it. off, not making a miracle play to get out of tackles. It was just No, it's not even like a huge technique. juke. It was just awful technique. Bad yep. not lining up shoulders, sliding right off, not wrapping up. It, they can't that's no way to lose. If you get if you lose on straight out talent, I can deal with that because yeah. talent changes every single year. But to lose on poor technique or just being sloppy or lazy will, you know, I, I don't Dry have much hair ears. left on my head. I might rip it right out of my face. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just, and, and the other thing too with the, with the tackling running backs, I mean the plays where they have them stuffed at the line, they're still falling forward for four yards. That's like another thing with the tackling that's just driving me crazy. That's a little bit inconsistent. They've been pretty on and off against the run, I'll say. Overall, run totals at the end of games have been not that good. But, you know, you see it in the game and it's like they stuff multiple plays right at the line of scrimmage, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, Prediction. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel good about this. I don't think the rain helps us. Uh, I think we need every advantage we can get. And... Um, I don't know if this is – to me, I, I, I think that the coaching staff is more worried about next week than this week. Um, and I, I just – I feel awful about this game. I'm a little upset that I'm even going. <laughs> just like, But I think this is a Philly game 35-13. <laughs> I had it uh, 31-17. I, you know, pretty much the same reasons you do. I just – I fear that they're going to run the ball a lot against us. I, if um, if what's his name doesn't play, we're really screwed on on the defense. If Leonard Williams doesn't play, I'm very, very, very concerned about that. Uh, I mean, it's okay to lose to really good teams when you're shorthanded. It doesn't. It's not a mark against this coaching staff, against Daniel Jones or anything. I just think, you know. We're kind of sandwiched in between these two Washington games. Like you said, the coaching staff, I think, knows are ultimately more important if the for the short-term goal of trying to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I feel it's like a, a, a 31-17. It feels, it feels crappy. Uh, we didn't really discuss Leo's availability. You know, he didn't practice. Um, he left the game early with a mm-hmm. neck injury. I don't know if he's going to play. Um, I'm thinking 
I'm thinking he will, but in what capacity, how many snaps on top of that? Yeah. I just, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it just, it sucks. It sucks that we're playing them right now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm upset about it. I'm going to, it gonna just sucks about that it. all these seasons keep seem to be ending on in the fact that we have a, a mass unit out there and that's, what's frustrating. Yeah. It's, you know, again, we didn't think this was the greatest roster in the world to begin with. And they were kind of a, a kick in their coverage. Uh, but I'd like to win or lose these games on the field and win or lose these playoff spots on the field, not because we're just down to, you know, guys who have to come off the street or guys who are not, you know, real NFL starters. And that's, that's what make it frustrating. Hopefully as yeah, we I know. go forward. It's, it's always so frustrating. You're, you're absolutely right. Here's, here's what's the most annoying is listening to fans of other teams pound their chests rightfully after a win but pound their chest like they beat and you're like you didn't beat the giants i don't know what that team was out there no but Mm -hmm. i'm being serious you don't even have a comeback because it's just like that's not even my team out there man like i don't know what i don't know what to tell you like this guy shouldn't be playing on any nfl roster this was an emergency you know what i mean like you didn't beat the giants I, i don't know what to tell you but it's frustrating because that's such a wimpy bitch argument <laughs> well those guys are just dicks I, but i mean i'm you, being serious though it's just you know what's more frustrating to me it's that it's our own fan base and when all mm. of a sudden you start making up uh you know what do they call it, like a straw a straw, straw man, man argument, argument. But, yeah and all of a sudden now it's starting to be the i don't know if i trust this mike kafka it's like whoop can we remind you who's playing and who's not playing? I mean, uh, Mike again, Kafka, I think, is a year older than I am. Exactly. I mean, if you remember, we thought we start the season with Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Wendell Robinson and Kadarius Tony and all these guys, and that's not and who we have to work with. Quite you know, frankly, we, so did they. Those were the guys that trotted out there. Of course. Yeah. You know, you know, we have one. We have one real receiving threat at tight end to Daniel Bellinger, and Daniel Bellinger is not Tony Gonzalez. No, you know, um, we have an offensive line that we, you know, this off season, we were like, okay, we have our bookends, but we still have concerns about, you know, in the middle. Oh yeah. And now it's on, on day one when we were completely healthy. Now, all of a sudden with all these guys out, don't all of a sudden start, you know, looking for convenient excuses why this team is bad or fitting your narrative. Do you think this team is better than they are because they start off with a better record, you know? We've seen it with this team where, you know, noise builds and noise, you know, disrupts and noise distracts. And I just, just, you know, this year, I still feel like this year we're playing with house money. We're in a playoff race that we never thought we'd be in and just kind of enjoy this run. I mean, if if it's not good this week against Philly, again, we have Washington coming up and that's we thought the game last week is the biggest game we played in, in years. Well, next week is going to be even bigger. So we'll worry about this team. Let's see what happens with you know the draft and, and all this stuff. But that's next year. Stop making excuses. Um, you're 100% right. Sorry, I'm laughing because I just thought of something funny. I'm not going to say it, though. Um, Go for it. No, it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, Go ahead. I, I don't want to waste my time editing it, but that's okay. Um, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. 
Um, all of the things that are a problem now were concerns at the beginning of the year, with the exceptions of ones where we're just injury depleted, mm-hmm. where it's it's a new concern that we shouldn't have been concerned about, but here we are. All of these problems, the interior offensive line was the biggest. We didn't know who the hell the left guard was going to be. Josh Azuda was raw. Ben Bredesen was bad last year. Nick Gates on one leg. We didn't know about uh, Shane Lemieux's status. And Shane Lemieux, we didn't know his status at all. John Feliciano, we knew, was not that great of a center. We thought maybe Ben Bredesen or Shane Lemieux might end up being the center. Mm-hmm. We certainly didn't think Nick Gates, I certainly didn't think Nick Gates was going to be anything this year. And Mark Lewinsky was like the one free agent I had some hope for, and he's been horrible. Um, and pretty much all year. So, you know, all of the concerns that we've had are still the problem. So to put it on Mike Kafka for not being able to coach around a bad roster or bad a, a bad cluster. You or know, lack of depth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's silly, especially for a first-year offensive coordinator. In a throwaway year, that's kind of like an experiment, throw things at the wall and see what sticks kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You're 100% right on that. That's that's just like casting stones to, to find a new thing to bitch about because it's annoying. It's a, it is annoying to be like, well, we're just not that good. It's just well, the I, truth, I think though. what you need to do as fans is do a little self-evaluation on, you know, you're, you're looking to bail out the players in, in this thing and say, well, it's got to be the coach's fault. But, you know, just take an honest evaluation of this team. There's nothing wrong with being like, you know, this team isn't as good as I thought they were, even with the record is even. It's okay. We're not yeah. grading you. We're not going to throw you off, you know, Giants Twitter if you were wrong. But just, you know, keep your frustration and your anger, which I don't even think is even justified, but put it in the right place. Right. Dallas is playing Houston in what I assume is not a big enough Texas rivalry uh, in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, it really, like, it, there's no, there's none of that down there, is there? No, I mean, it's kind of almost like Jets Giants. I mean, they just don't play each other that often. And uh, have they both been really good at the same time? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, has Houston ever really been very good? Well, they've made the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. But in those I mean, years, that's I don't even think Dallas has made the playoffs. Were those those wonky, like, Tony Romo hurt years? I think so. Yeah, you might be right. Um, This is a Dallas win, right? Without even needing to go into the explanation. Yes. And there's no college football this week. There's Army-Navy. I won't be watching. Wow. And uh, (laughs) the Rams just came back and scored a – with nine seconds left to tie the game. Once a Gator, always a Gator, Van Jefferson. Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayball. Comes uh, back from 16-3. Two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. What a, did, We discussed this on the pod about how the primetime games this year are just garbage. Uh, they've been garbage. Well, yeah, they just they went after names, names as opposed to good teams. I mean, okay, okay, when you're doing this schedule, the Super Bowl champs, you expect to be better than they are. Of course. But, like, you know— Russell the Chargers Wilson's are on Broncos. way too much. Denver's on way too much. Way too much, Denver. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's a, a wrap. So this is our second to last home game of the year. It uh-huh. still has not been too cold yet this year. The, that Detroit game was very windy, but overall was not 
I mean, it, I think it was like maybe 30 degrees. It wasn't really like it wasn't those, winter. those snot frozen to face games that we've had. <laughs> and thank God. <laughs> um, if anybody wants to Photoshop a picture of uh, Grump uh, and, and with, Crank with a frozen snot across their face. There's that famous uh, NFL films loves showing it from the 2007 NFC Championship game against the Packers. There's like some super Midwest stereotype in the, in the stands, <laughs> which is, what do you picture, right? A guy with like a, he's like in Some his... Some guy's 300 pounds. Yep, you know? and he's like 50-ish years old. He's got a big beard, and there's like a disgusting icicle booger, like in his mustache. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like what sunk the Titanic is hanging out of his nose. Yeah. I, I would look it up and Photoshop it in, but I, it's actually gross, and I'm not going to do it. So, <laughs> But if you are interested, it's not that hard to find. <laughs> um, you know what's easier right. to find, Grump? Our podcast. Our show. Our, That's right. Yes. <laughs> SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, YouTube. Uh, subscribe. Tell friends. Um, we have a lot of awesome upcoming stuff in the offseason. I don't want to get beyond the playoffs, but like ironing out some new things for the offseason, you know, now we to get ahead of the yeah, game. Yeah, some major is, announcements coming up. You'll be seeing your favorite hosts on lots of all over the places. place. Yeah. yeah. Um lots of stuff that I've been working on and not sleeping. So, if you've noticed my <laughs> eyes get droopier and redder over the last couple of weeks, it's been uh all work, I promise. Um <laughs> But in the interim, we will see you at the game Sunday, and then you will see our faces on YouTube and hear our voices on iTunes and, and so and, on. And we'll be at the tailgate, too, unless it's raining. Then we're not. Yeah, I, I'm going to stop by the tailgate. I don't know if we're going to hang the whole time, though. If, it, if it's raining the way I thought it was going to rain, I really don't want to be standing outside for that. Whole I will nonsense. not be at the tailgate if it's raining. We will be at yeah. the uh... We'll be I, back is a, at the old Jameson room for a beverage, that, maybe. That's correct. That is a guaranteed way for me to get a cold is to be outside in the rain for three hours before I'm outside in the rain for three hours. So. Nursing a hangover from our family hang the day before. That's right. So, um, yeah. Twitter, as usual, at Grump at the Cranky Fan, and we will see you guys Tuesday morning if you don't see us at the game. Until then, go Giants! Go Giants.